Welcome to Diversity Connects Us. This podcast highlights lived experiences and inspirational stories of strength and tenacity. We will share profound and courageous dialogues that influence diversity, equity, and inclusion by breaking the barriers and labels of stereotypes, confronting biases, and offering best practices to achieve a more significant, cultural, and emotionally intelligent mindset. Have you ever wondered why emotional intelligence and leadership are essential? You might also be wondering what this has to do with you. Emotional intelligence enables us as leaders to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. We are excited to have you here with us today. This conversation is going to be epic. I am looking forward to you all meeting my co-host today. We value your feedback and opinions. Please drop them in the chat. We intend to respond to as many comments and questions from our audience as possible. This takes a great deal of effort to pull off, so I'm eternally grateful to all of our listeners. Every week we create new content, and we look forward to you subscribing to our YouTube channel to keep up with us. My name is Rochelle Carrier, and I'm a personal DEI consultant and EQ coach and host of Diversity Connects Us. My co-host and business partner is also here with us, and I'm very happy for you to meet him. Join us for our courageous conversations about EQ and leadership. Today is a trailblazer in his own right, and I will let him in to introduce himself in his own unique way. Hi, Nan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. I'm so happy to have you here again today with us. So thrilled to be here today. I'll go ahead and, and introduce myself. So my name is uh, Enan Rudell. I'm an organizational psychologist and psychotherapist by trade. I have worked in the space of social justice in a number of different capacities for the better part of the last decade. And I am thrilled to be here with you all once again today. You know, we had a conversation last week and today we're continuing you know, on our central theme of emotional intelligence and inclusive leadership. And I think we should recap probably, you know, for the audience, for our listeners, so they can understand where we're coming from today. If we want to talk about emotional intelligence, you know, can you define that for us? Sure. So for me, emotional intelligence through my lens is an awareness around one's own thoughts, feelings, and how they are experiencing the situation in that moment. Additionally, it's awareness around what's likely going on for the other person. So the awareness, in a sense, is twofold, right? So it's being aware of your own thoughts but also being aware and mindful of what may be surfacing for the other person as well. Right. So you're saying that emotional intelligence is really having a self-awareness of your current GPS of what, you know, of where your emotional is at, at that moment. Absolutely. Awareness. Absolutely. And then having that awareness helps us to be able to better understand the other person's emotions. And that way we're not in a reactive dialogue, right? 
Right, exactly. So in a sense, emotional intelligence can be used as a tool to navigate difficult conversations in difficult situations by bringing a level of awareness that lends itself to reaching shared places of understanding. So how does it show up on a day-to-day then in the workplace? How do you think that shows up on a day-to-day for us in the workplace? So I think as we navigate our day-to-day and we're having these interactions in these fast-paced environments, there's an opportunity to infuse uh, emotional intelligence or EQ. Some refer to it as EQ. There are opportunities within those interactions, right? So when having a conversation with someone, it's being mindful and aware of what's surfacing for you physiologically in that moment. And then conversely, it's being aware of what the other person might be experiencing. So, you know, where it surfaces is really in the human interaction that takes place in the day to day. It's amazing how this conversation lends itself to a podcast I did last week with Kayshawn Hughes, and she's a neuro coach. And she was saying, so we did a little session on the podcast and she was asking me what's surfacing for you now. So I was telling her that before each podcast, I'm extremely nervous. And then I said, well, my heart constantly palpitates and I feel very anxious before coming on on the podcast. And she said something that was very interesting. She said, that capability to identify the physiological occurrence, that physiolo- that feeling that you have, incites an emotion. And you mentioned earlier that there's a physiological response. And I'm not sure if a lot of people understand what it is that they're feeling. They might not be able to put a language to what it is that they're feeling. I was only able to identify it because I knew that I wasn't hungry. (laughs) You know, I went down the list and then I realized, oh, this is my place of discomfort. And this is what happens to me when I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, like you saw, I go five, four, three, two, one before we go on because I need to calm down so I don't let that anxiety level up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for you, it sounds like that's where the awareness allows you to process what you're feeling, what's happening for you, again, on a physiological level. So when I say that, it's our breathing patterns, it's our heart rate, it can be blood pressure, it can be a rapid thoughts, any of those. So emotional intelligence really is being aware of what's going on in your body, what's going on in your body in that moment. Because having awareness around that, in some ways, can provide you with a guide for how to move forward. Sometimes simply just naming what you're feeling to the other person can be effective, again, in reaching that place of shared understanding. Right. And empathy, the other person Mm -hmm. will be able to understand that I am going through something right now Mm -hmm. and maybe to step back or, you know, have a conversation at a different time or dissect the conversation in a different way. Exactly. 
Exactly. Right. So today, you know, we're going to focus on a few reflection questions. And I think it's really important for leaders, managers, you know, anybody in upper level management to be able to understand that part of being a really good leader is really being able to understand their own emotions so that they can understand, you know, what their employees or workers are going through to maximize, like you said, to maximize that relationship where there's a better understanding. Absolutely. I would add to that just that I think when we consider leadership, it's perhaps even more important that our leaders embrace the idea of emotional intelligence and the use of it in day for the reasons that you that you highlighted an emotionally intelligent leader is in tune with their direct reports in terms of how their direct reports are experiencing the day to day so it's beyond just assigning a task right it's beyond setting an objective emotional intelligence involves taking it a step further and really delving into how that person is making meaning of that task and or objective and how the pursuit of completing that goal is affecting that person, right? So it really is at a deeper level. Can you give us an example? Sure. So say, you know, you work for a tech company, you've been assigned a particular project, you're at a vantage point where you're seeing things and you're experiencing things that your supervisor or your manager may not be seeing. So then in turn, you're then sitting with some very real feelings that may not be understood and or shared by your manager or supervisor. So in that instance, it becomes imperative that your manager or supervisor check in with you, not just on where you're at in terms of completion, but how you're experiencing that particular assignment. Because to know that will better set the employee up for success, but will also deepen their relationship between a supervisor and supervisee. Absolutely. And that was our next question, you know, Mm -hmm. In what ways does EQ strengthen relationships? Yeah. yeah. And that's a deep dive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because now I better understand you. I better understand your perspective. I understand how you're being affected. I can now coach you with that knowledge and that information in mind. So I'm setting, again, I'm setting you up for success, but I'm also creating the space between you and I that's built upon trust, where we have this understanding of one another, and we're allowing that to guide us through this process. So, so in a sense, the relationship goes from you know surfacey, where we're just sort of talking about the nuts and bolts of the task at hand, and we're now approaching it as people. And I'm now viewing you as your whole self, and you're viewing me as my whole self, right? So less performative in more real human interaction. Right. It's more human-centric. Yes, absolutely. Do you think that would allow more employees to come to work bringing their whole self and more of their authentic selves? 
I would say so. And, you know, I can use myself as an example in instances where I've been managed and or supervised by an emotionally intelligent leader, I am more likely to share with them, not just the successes, but the challenges that I'm experiencing, right? I am more likely to share with them data points that they may not be aware of because simply stated, I feel safe enough to do so. And I feel like they care enough at a level where, you know, as they set me up for success, uh, that becomes a two-way street. I want to set them up for success as well. And now you're utilizing EQ to navigate any type of situation. Absolutely. Uh, professional, personal, just generally speaking, there's always room for use of EQ. Always. Right. And what, what do you think or how do you think we should, you know, how we each choose to cover emotional intelligence in our recent works? Like how do you... Do you apply it yourself in your workspace and in projects that you utilize and in the people, you know, in the students that you teach? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you use to be able to navigate your space? Yeah. So my approach generally, you know, broadly speaking, is very, very much rooted in emotional intelligence, right? So to frame this, I'll say at any given moment, it's not that I'm not invested in goal completion. But it is that at the end of the day, I understand now more than ever the importance of paying attention to the whole self, the whole employee, the whole student, because whether or not we're making space to talk about this or not, we bring our full self to every interaction that we enter into, to every task that we attempt to accomplish. We are bringing our full self in all of the domains that are influencing and or impacting us in that moment. So for me, how it shows up is very much making space for the nuts and bolts first, right? So having a conversation first about the assignment or if this is in a work setting, the task at hand, closely followed by a genuine check-in around how that person's doing, how they're feeling. So that's how it shows up for me and what it looks like for me in my approach. Right. And is it reciprocated? You know, I will say nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 times, when you extend that level of courtesy, more times than not, the person meets you where you're at. Right. I love that. That's exactly it. Because now that wall has yeah. been broken down and mm -hmm. now you're both vulnerable. Exactly. Exactly. And thank you for mentioning that because vulnerability is what often prevents some from entering into an emotionally intelligent rapport or relationship, right? Because when we go back to the start of this call, where we talked about the importance of awareness and reflection, that often does surface some uh, vulnerability, right? In order for me to self-reflect, I have to be willing to go through the process of maybe uncovering some less than favorable <laughs> um, information about myself. Right. And so I would absolutely say that, yeah, it can feel vulnerable using EQ in our day to day. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because I read the book. You know, I have a little story to share 
I remember it was, I believe, in 2021, had transitioned into different projects. And it was actually, in all transparency, a full burnout. And there was, you know, a certain process that I was going through. And in that process, I did a four-day seminar with Tony Robbins. So there was a lot of excitement and passion at the beginning, all the seminars, yelling, screaming, we're running. And this is all Zoom. So I think there were 50,000 people on Zoom. And he literally, you know, built us up. I had to run around the house screaming and yelling and build up my momentum into a positive state of mind. Mm -hmm. And in that positive state of mind, we were told to go to breakout rooms and, you know, mentioning vulnerability. So we go to these breakout rooms and I'm very conservative, very private. And I'm in this room with five other strangers who are there for the same reason as I am. And my lips are sealed. And everyone's saying, this is why they're here. This is what they've come to do. This is their vision. This is their plan. My lips are sealed. Day two, breakout room, my lips are sealed. Day three, breakout room, lips are sealed. Fourth day, I get a little message in the chat from someone who's working on his team. And they said, have you ever read the book, <laughs> Dare to Lead by Brene Brown? And I said, no, I haven't. They said, oh, it's a small suggestion. You know, I had no idea everybody was watching the process in all the Zoom breakout rooms. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Why is it pertaining to me? And fast forward, I hire a clarity coach. And the clarity coach says, have you ever heard the book? <laughs> Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And I thought, this is really interesting. This is two people from two different spaces who have no idea who I am, but they obviously see something that I don't see and that I'm obviously not portraying. And I have to be honest, all my life, I thought vulnerability was a sign of weakness. And after I read the book, I realized that giving birth to this podcast, as you know, was so imperative in my growth because this was going to allow me to be vulnerable. And I thought if I can share a story, then somebody else will feel comfortable because you said, you know, you're in a psychologically safe space now to be able to share your story. So vulnerability is something that I just learned to do only a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't come easy for most. And in fact, the fear of being vulnerable often prevents people from even entering in to emotionally intelligent spaces. It often, uh, for some, feels better to keep the engagement at a level where we're only discussing the goal, the steps you're going to take towards the goal, and anything associated with either of those two, right? Steering clear of any dialogue that makes room for, you know, feelings. That's exactly it. Makes rooms for feelings, for emotions. Yeah. So why does the use of EQ really matter then in the workplace? Why do you think it really matters in the workplace? I understood on my end that being vulnerable allowed a space 
for others to be more comfortable with me and to let go of any preconceived ideas that they might have had before having this conversation, you know, with this particular person. And it bridges a gap between us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, we'll take a step back. And for those that are really struggling with use of EQ in the workplace, right? It begins and ends with the business case. So let's make the business case for use of EQ in the workplace. When we consider job retention, when we consider employee satisfaction, when we think about productivity of the workforce, right? Now it becomes important to understand, to make these important connections. Staff that are engaged with their role, staff that have been in positions for, you know, 5, 10, 15 or more years, it's highly likely that they've remained in that role for that long, or they've been as productive as they've been for that long because they feel valued. They feel psychologically safe. They feel like their employer understands them in a real way. And so that's where use of EQ can be uh, really powerful. You know, granted, it can be difficult to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, right? Vulnerable enough to create that space. But, you know, data shows that for leaders that are able to get there, those are really healthy uh, workplace environments to be a part of. Right. And there are lower turnovers as well. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there are all sorts of reasons why, you know, I would encourage leaders to really embrace the use of emotional intelligence, you know, and again, we can approach it broadly in considering the business case and the factors I just laid out, uh, or we can take a look at what it does for, as we spoke about a moment or two ago, what it does for relationship building. Right. I love that. I love that. Well, as we reach the top of the Diversity Connects Us Hour, I want to thank you all for listening. This podcast highlights lived experiences and inspirational stories of strength and tenacity. We will share profound and courageous dialogues that influence DEI and emotional intelligence by breaking the barriers and labels of stereotypes, confronting biases, and offering best practices to achieve a more significant and cultural mindset. Stay tuned as we continue to share our voices in the DEM space. As we reach the top of the Diversity Connects Us Hour, I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in. My name is Rochelle Carrier and I'm a DEI personal consultant and EQ coach and authoress of two eBooks, Emotional Intelligence, a toolkit for managing diversity, equity, and inclusion, and know yourself to know your employees. The link to purchase the eBooks are in the show notes. Also, be on the lookout for my and Dr. Rudell's coaching workshops, presentations, and webinars. I also want to thank my producer, Titan32. That to trend with us, hashtag diversity connects us.